0: Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Thornton Wilder's Our Town is quite possibly my favorite play. It tells the story of a simple small town in rural New Hampshire at the beginning of the 20th century. There are no grandiose or dramatic moments in the play, nothing that would keep a reader or an audience member on the edge of their seat. It's simply a slice of life in an ordinary place with average people. The only thing that sets the play apart is that while the station manager, who functions as the narrator, makes every attempt to remind the audience of the sheer mundaneness of the story and the people in it, the whole play is really written to challenge the idea that there is such a thing as ordinary. Emily, the central character who dies in childbirth in the play, tries to relive just a moment of her life, but finds that even the most obscure of days is just too painful to relive for each and every moment is filled with a holiness that few of us ever realize when we're living it. One of the most powerful scenes of the play toward the end, the station manager is walking among the graves in the town cemetery, reflecting on the meaning of life and death and the relationship between them. An awful lot of sorrow has been quieted up here, he says, as he looks up at the audience. We all know that something is eternal. And it ain't houses, and it ain't earth, and it ain't even the stars. Everybody knows that something, that something has to do with human beings. They're waiting for something that they feel is coming, something important and great aren't they waiting for the eternal part of them to come out in the clear? After the heartache, the anger, the fear, and the confusion that many of us have known over the last few years, perhaps we can relate to those moving words. We have seen injustice seem to triumph. Chaos appear to take a firm hold in the ever-present realities of racism and violence and selfishness seemingly accepted as the norm of life in our society. With the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse for the murder of two people and the permanent crippling of another, the pent-up emotions in many of us threaten to pour out in rage and disgust. Will we always be held captive to the destructive forces of racism and violence? Something within us is tired. We've struggled on through centuries of work and civil and human rights in our society, only to see much of the precious and painful progress overturned by the encroaching threat of white supremacy and willful, arrogant ignorance. With every step back, every defeat of justice and truth, we cry out, how long, O God? How long? Yet there is something within us that knows that we cannot and must not give up the struggle. We know that there has to be more to this life, more to our future as a people and a planet than the seemingly insurmountable forces of injustice and heartache. There is a part of us that clings to the words of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Sometimes we feel the agonizingly long length of that arc in our very soul. Daniel felt that pain acutely, as did those to whom he addressed the words we heard earlier. Written to give encouragement to those suffering Under an unjust imperial regime, the words of Daniel's prophecy speak truth in the face of a culture of lies and suffering. No matter how bad things may seem, the prophet urges the people of God to persevere. As long as there are those who dare to speak truth, who have the courage to do what is right, then evil will never triumph the writer sees a vision of the future, one marked by the overturning of the thrones of this world and the coronation of the ancient and everlasting one, God's anointed ruler who will govern with truth and justice and compassion. Regardless of the powers wielded by the rulers of this world, there is one who is more powerful than all of them combined. And that one has destined the defeat and transformation of every unjust power. The lectionary editors pair this text with the encounter between Jesus and Pilate in the Passion narrative of John's Gospel. At first, it seems an odd choice, but these verses reveal the confrontation between the reign of God embodied in Jesus. And the rule of oppression embodied in Pilate. On first reading, it would seem that Pilate, as the imperial official, holds ultimate power. Yet, when accusing Jesus of insurrection against the authority of Rome, Pilate is met with Jesus' definitive response My realm is not of this world. If it were, my followers would have taken up arms to defend me but my reign is not of this place. It's a courageous denial of Rome's power and a powerful statement of the eternal and everlasting nature of God's dominion. The empire endures through the use of threat, the threat and use of force, yet Jesus utterly and completely rejects the use of violence as a means of achieving the will of God. There is an alternative to the empire, one that is rooted in justice and peace. Pilate hears Jesus' response and ignores the differentiation from and condemnation of Rome. Instead, he seizes upon Jesus' seeming admission of claiming to be a monarch. So you are a ruler, he says. And Jesus counters, you've labeled me a ruler. My purpose is to speak And embody truth. All who recognize truth recognize that I speak truth. Of course, then we have Pilate's snide response, clipped from our lectionary reading. What is truth? In the eyes of the empire, truth is whatever is spoken by those who hold power. Jesus counters, of course, that there is a deeper, lasting truth that stands above and in judgment of the powers of this world, including the very empire of Rome itself. That truth, when spoken, is undeniable. Pilate wants Jesus to submit to, to conform to the ways of the empire, but Jesus refuses to do so. Instead, Jesus proclaims that there is a power above and beyond the reach of even Rome itself that power gave birth to the world and undergirds every moment of every day, it can neither be controlled nor destroyed. It simply is. And that, of course, is the ultimate defeat of Pilate, Rome, and every unjust power in this world. The forces of this world are vulnerable. They depend upon intimidation and violence to survive, And there will always be someone or something more powerful on the horizon. No matter the control claimed by the leaders of this world, no matter the lies presented as truth, the one who created the world and is the very embodiment of truth itself will always stand in judgment of injustice and lies. They will never triumph. Not in the end. That's the truth the writer of Revelation spoke in those beautiful words of greeting that we heard read today. Grace to you and peace from the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of all the rulers of the earth. This one crucified and risen, the lamb that was slain who has conquered, is the only one worthy to wield power and authority and dominion over the world. The Risen One is worthy because the Risen One embodies truth and justice and rules not by force, but through love. Scholars Ron Allen and Clark Williamson write, Jesus' kingdom is is from God, not from the world. But it is very much of and in the world and its aim is to bring about a world different from the world that we know. That world of rule by might, by armies, by oppression and exploitation. It is a rule characterized instead by a mutual abiding in love. It is not from this world, but it would transform this world. The powers that be of this world seem to be in control at the moment. The lies and the injustice seem to be never ending, but they wield authority only for a moment and only in the hearts and lives of those who give them their allegiance. There has always been and will always be a truth that cannot be denied and a power that cannot be overcome. We know that as surely as we know the heartache of the moment. We live in a hope of its eventual establishment over all the earth. When we come to this table, this simple meal of bread and wine, we proclaim our steadfast and unyielding hope in the one who through love overcame all the powers of this world, even death itself we testify to our deepest conviction that there is a truth that can never be denied and a power that can never be defeated. That power is love itself embodied in Jesus. We celebrate the promise that every lie and every injustice can and will be transformed just as this bread and wine are transformed for us. They become the holy presence of God just as the dominions of this world can and will become the dominions of our God and of the risen and ascended Christ. Amen.